welcome to the Creative Diaries. I'm Kira Kelleher and I'm here with Ella Greenwood today. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. So we're here mainly to talk about your film, Faulty Roots. Yeah. I want to know how you came about creating this. Obviously, you're only 18. At what stage did you want to make this film? When did you begin the process? Um, It happened kind of suddenly. So I've been acting for quite a while, like, you know, going to auditions, having an agent for a, a good few years now. But I've always done that. I was homeschooled, so I've always done that with work, like schoolwork. And so when I finished my A-levels last summer, all of a sudden, like, half of the stuff that I needed to do had just vanished. You can go through such dry patches where there's no auditions, there's nothing really. My dad was like to me, well, you've always loved, you know, making movies. Why don't you try and do your own short film? And at like, at first I was literally like, what? No way, like, I can't do that. And then the more I looked into it, the more I thought, actually, let me try and do it. Let me see what I can do and... It just sort of went from there, so... Cool. So it sounds like you have a really supportive parent. Yes, (laughs) Are your parents creative? No. Not at all? (laughs) Not at all. I mean, (laughs) they're very supportive, but they basically don't understand a single thing. Like, about... Obviously, they try and just learn, but, you know, I was always the one to sort of, from, like, 13, to email the agents to be in contact with my own agent to get myself to the auditions... And, like, they'd come with me, but they wouldn't really understand any of it. So, yeah, but their support has meant so much to me. So it was you from a young age that wanted to get into acting? Yes, definitely. What were some of the earlier things you did then when you were 13? Or did you start before 13, would you Um, say? So I've always danced, you know, from as young as you can. Like, I think three, you can do, like, baby ballet. And so I've always danced, and through that, I had an agent, like, with the dance school that I was with, and I didn't get anything so when I was 13 I was like okay like I'm a bit more mature now I just emailed about every single agent in London I got my mum to take some headshots of me in the garden and just my like my CV and cover letter I think it basically just said please like take me on you have no reason to but (laughs) I promise like it'll be a good thing and like I emailed some of the top agents and they were nice enough to reply which I know is just saying you know like maybe get some more experience, our books are too full, but that just meant the world to me, like actually receiving some feedback. Yeah, it just sort of went from there. Wow, it sounds like you were really proactive. Yeah, probably to the point where it was annoying and just like, oh my God, this child, (laughs) what is she doing? (laughs) But But one day you look back at that cover letter, like, could you imagine being on the Graham Norton show and then just the picture popping off (laughs) being like, please take me. (laughs) Yeah, and I I edited it as well and it was just, it was awful, but... You know, I did get an agent from it, so... Yeah. Are you still with the same agent? Uh, No, I'm not. That was uh, more like a younger uh, agent who's actually in LA now, so... Yeah, but, you know, she was so lovely and she really helped me get even further into the industry, so... So when you're... If you had to describe Faulty Roots, what would you say? I would say it's a film that focuses and tries to promote the theme of mental health awareness in teens but in quite a a colourful and bright and not light-hearted, but it focuses also on the friendship and of these two characters and the relationships. And it's not necessarily about just depression. It's about a character who has depression. You know, that's a part of her. So that's such an important topic. And 
where would you like to go with it? If I was interviewing you ne- this time next year, what would you like to say about Faulty Roots? I think in particular, I really want to target youth film festivals um, like NFFTY in America. Just ones that focus on young audiences in particular, just because... I don't know, I think still for a lot of teens, it needs to be almost more normalised that it's okay to have a mental illness, that there's support there, you know, you don't know who else is going through the same sort of thing as you, and just to bring awareness for young people in particular, I'd say. So mainly, hopefully, like, youth-targeted film festivals it would have played at. That's really cool. And how did you cast this film? I did post auditions on, like, Star Now and everything, but... I didn't for the mum because I'd worked with the actress Sarah Eastwood before in a film and she was so amazing. She's so talented. I just knew that I'd feel so comfortable just bringing her on board. So I just asked her to do it. And I had a young actor in mind for the role of Zach, who is the other main character. One of my films I was in before was a screening at the BFI and his film was also being screened as like a part of a short group of films. And I just thought he was amazing. He was so funny and he just had such a bright presence that I asked him to self-tape and he just did an amazing job. How old is he? He is 17. Okay. Yeah, so you're all doing this quite young, but it seems like you're making a lot of strides. I try, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Does your dad take credit for how well things are going? Uh, No, (laughs) he doesn't. I mean, he was an extra (laughs) at one point in the film, so there's that. And I have thanked him in the credits. So uh, that's about... He hasn't asked for any more yet. (laughs) (laughs) And how are you going to go about distributing? Are you going to go to the film festivals and everything? Yeah, I'm... Because there, there's quite a lot of rules. I mean, it takes a long time to go through the rules of each different film festival in terms of what you have already showed, where you could have showed it. So for distribution purposes, I'm mainly just going to focus on the film festivals first and then see maybe a year or even two once we've done the circuit then about where I want to share it on. So you're thinking long term then? Yeah, well, because like, I would love to share it just as soon as it's finished, but that would disqualify it from most film festivals. So, yeah, I have got to think about like just the way to go. I think one thing that's really interesting in when you're doing this kind of stuff is how long it takes. Yes. Yeah, so between when your dad said, oh, maybe you should, you know, write your own thing, and how long has it taken to get to this point? So that would have been around July. And funnily enough, like August and September, I didn't really do much work on it because I came so overwhelmed. I was like, oh my God, like, let me just put it off. You know, like hiring crew. I just had no clue doing all of the sort of getting insurance, stuff like that. I was just like, I can't do that. I'm just going to put it off until near the shoot. And then when it came to, it was like a few months before the shoot. And I was like, okay. Now I'm just going to block off days and work, work, work. So I worked on it pretty heavily. We shot in December. I would say from October to December was the main when I was sort of getting it about. And even now, like, it's... I dropped off with the editor a few days after um, the shoot in December. She's been working on it since then. And then at the same time, the music's being composed and the audio and the VFX, like, you know, all these different people are working on it at the same time. I think because... Changing such a small part of the film can make such a big difference. So then you have so many different changes. 
my editor must have sent me so many different versions of it. And then sometimes I'm like, oh no, I like that version, but with something from that version. And so it is very time consuming, but you just want it to be perfect. So yeah, yeah. I was so shocked recently when I I went to see this short film about this struggle. This woman had had a stroke and her years of recovery. But throughout it, there was this music score playing for the entire thing. And I would say I definitely cried at least four or five times. Really? It's <laughs> shocking how much it adds to it. And yeah. it's not even something I would have thought of before. Yeah. So did you get someone to write or compose music for Yeah, We have the amazing composer, Gabby Ambler, um, who I'd met before. And I just, she was an amazing person just to talk to. And I was like, yeah, I just want you to do the film. I know that you can do an amazing job. And it's so... It's so special having this music wrote purposefully for the film. I mean, it's magical what she can do. It's and it's so powerful. It really the thing I've noticed is it really it almost speeds up the film in a way, if that makes sense. Like before I was watching a clip and it seemed way too long, but then when the music came, it didn't seem long anymore. It just it changes the film completely. So I love having the music for it. And the power as well, God. All these people sending you things just being like, what do you think? Has there been anything so far that you've been just like, no, not not for this film? No, I don't I don't really think so. I think I've had quite a a strong thought process of what I wanted from the film and then I've targeted the people that I wanted to get involved. So it's been perfect along that sort of sense, yeah. if that makes sense. <laughs> How come you decided to call it Faulty Roots? <laughs> this is one of these things I have no idea I cannot remember <laughs> all I think it's literally the first name that I th- like I thought of and I don't know why and then I remember thinking faulty roots like because mm. <laughs> I was on the phone with um, an insurance company and I was given the email yeah faulty roots uh, gmail.com and she kept going is that 40 40 roots and I was like no faulty faulty and she didn't it took a while and then I was like oh my god maybe I should change it so then I tried changing it to bad roots and I was just (laughs) like no we're sticking to that one single name that I came up with and never changed yeah (laughs) no because it actually made me think of you know they say oh what is it that iceberg saying where there's he he told me the tip of the iceberg story or whatever where there's so much going on on, under the surface yeah that's kind of what I thought of when you when I heard faulty roots for some reason there's a lot going on under the surface yeah and I mean the roots part in particular was because you know depression can be caused by nothing it's not necessarily caused by oh something bad that's happened in your life it can just be a part of you and like I did psychology a level and I'm not claiming to know the world about mental illnesses but I do know that sometimes it can be you know you've got a low level of serotonin you've got it's something about that and it's about who you are as a person like your roots that's sort of where it's coming from yeah so yeah <laughs> what happens with this character zach how do they meet are they in school together no so they used to be friends as children and her basically lola the main character's mum, just says you need to get out there more and i set up this almost a play date but yeah. just a meeting like oh you know I think it'd be really nice for you two to just spend some time together and just see how it goes so that's sort of how it they're basically like the tagline is that they're forced to form a friendship <laughs> so that's how it happens okay <laughs> that's how all healthy relationships yes, start. <laughs> 
But you've also been in a film before, right? With an, an American director. Yes. How did you get cast in that? So that was through my agent. And that was... Because the films that I'd done uh, in the run-ups to Faulty Roots were horrors. And that was quite different. I mean, there was so much running involved. <laughs> so I was quite glad in Faulty Roots I didn't have to run at all. I'm pretty sure most of my scenes were shot of me sitting down. So that was quite a nice change. But... Yeah, it was really fun working on a horror. Yeah. Quite challenging, but... Yeah, because people often say the opposite. A lot of actresses stay away from horror. I don't know why. I think, well, it's rare to find a good horror. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of horror. I really love them. But I think most people are a fan of horror, the genre. So then they'd watch sort of any horror film and it's not so much about that single project. So maybe that's why. Or because, you know, you might have to scream a lot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Having made this film and understanding the process of it, do you think that you would do another one? Yeah, I'm actually already working on (laughs) really. I love it. I just and I think there's something so special about asking people to be involved with your project and bringing other people on board. So as soon as I finished it, I was like, right, I want to work on my next one, please. So yeah, my next one is actually going to be an animation. Oh, Um, cool which is a bit different I thought just yeah try something new so that's quite exciting can you reveal what's it about it's about a girl who is very different to her family and it's just about her story it's quite hard to explain it without explaining the whole story at the minute but it's going to be stop motion animation um, which I've always loved my favorite films growing up were Coraline corpse bride you know all of those amazing films so yeah i'm really excited do you write based off personal experience or do you go and interview people and and hear about you know their different experiences i think i often write just from my own experience because i just find it's easier and i think every single person has so much to share and especially for faulty roots i wanted to write from my own perspective because i wanted to you know, I wanted to share a teen perspective of that. And so I just thought, I have stuff to share. Why not share it? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, it's very daunting, but hopefully it, it turns out good. <laughs> With acting and, and everything, what are some of the films growing up that made you interested in becoming an actor? I've been wanting to act for so long that yeah. I can't claim to, you know, have been inspired by this amazing Oscar-winning film. It was literally High School Musical. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I remember just asking my mum, like, how do I live that life? Like, I didn't know sort of what acting was. I just wanted to be a fun high schooler that sings. So she signed me up for drama lessons. (laughs) (laughs) Did you audition for the new one coming out? I mean, I can't sing. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that was down the drain. I really cannot sing at all. So, yeah, it would just have to be high school. It couldn't be high school musical. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would be so funny, though. (laughs) What would you say would be some of your, like, dream roles if you could imagine the future? I definitely have to. I've always been obsessed with Harry Potter. So I wouldn't want to be a muggle, though. That would probably be my nightmare being, oh, yes, I've been cast and then be cast as a muggle. Just getting to have a wand and like, oh, my gosh, that would be my dream. And also, I would really love to be in a BBC adaptation of an Agatha Christie novel. They just uh, had one last Sunday, and just they're normally on at Christmas, and I would love to be the murderer. 
Oh. I mean, that would be my dream. But I love Agatha Christie. Yeah. I could read all of her books all day long. So those are my top two roles, really. Very specific, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you would make a great writer, though, because you'd be so unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> I, I really always wanted to play a superhero. Okay. Because I grew up on the Marvel movies. Yeah. But I just don't know which one. Because there's so, so many now. How could you do it originally? But uh, it would be so cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. And also maybe a BBC. Th- oh well, uh, maybe I don't know why I just said maybe. Definitely a BBC thing. If any- <laughs> if anyone's listening, um, <laughs> I just love. Have you ever seen Happy Valley? Yes, I think I've seen the first season. I love that kind of style. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Line of Duty, Happy Valley. Yeah, they're very intense but gripping. Yeah, something- and Line of Duty is so well written. Yes, that's yeah. something I would mention every day if I was in Line of Duty. Yes, <laughs> like, yeah. I would definitely be that person. Even just an extra, like, I would frame it on the wall. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Going off the people you've worked with so far, you've chosen to work with some people in Faulty Roots again, but is there anyone you've kind of said, oh they've been a mentor to me or they've really influenced the direction I've gone in and helped me um I don't know I think I'm inspired by literally every single person I meet whether it's in the filmmaking side or the acting side just because I mean Sarah is a big inspiration one because she was just such an amazing person on set that she was just so supportive and two because she's doing so much and she only decided to act you know after working sort of like a nine-to-five job and she's so passionate and she's so talented and she's just going for it so that has definitely inspired me to just follow my passion yeah in terms of that and just to keep going what advice would you give to someone that's listening maybe yeah in their teens and wants to get into acting or writing I would say to immerse yourself in terms of for times when I used to sort of just wait for an audition And now, like, I'm going to film festivals. I'm going, you know, there are so many amazing schemes for for young people under 25. You know, £7 tickets to the National Theatre and stuff like that. Just to immerse yourself, go and see a show. It will help you keep inspired. Go and watch short films. You know, you can watch them on YouTube, on Vimeo. Just keep supporting other people. And I definitely think, you know, the more you support others, you'll get that in return and you'll just it will help you to feel inspired so that's what I would suggest and then just collaborate with your friends with you know right I mean iPhones now they shoot in such good quality there are specific film festivals for films made on iPhones just create really just keep going and keep being creative have you had anyone that's kind of told you you can't do this or this isn't good enough not specifically but you know, I've had times when I've been so close for projects and then my agent has emailed me and said, you've been rejected from like all three, like at the same time. And that's felt awful. And then, you know, before just getting rejected on the day, sometimes I've been to auditions where they've said, okay, you you, you stay and the other three go. And it's been auditions like where I looked exactly the same as the other people. So it's not like, oh you know maybe they decided to go with someone who looked differently or a different like no it's sort of you're just not right for the part so that definitely hurt but then all it takes is one thing to come along and you're suddenly you know you've got this yeah Yeah. burst of life again so (laughs) (laughs) what classes have you been doing to keep up to date is there anything you'd recommend so i've been doing one casting director workshops with casting 
workshops and mixing networks i think it's so lovely because you're with you know actors who are a lot older than you or the same age and just this range of actors from you know some travel from wales and you just get to see them work and get to a seat get to meet a cast and director in a non-stressful situation just to so that's really helped and then i find being creative still related to the industry but not so specifically in terms of um, I've been doing stage combat, you know, horse riding, anything like that. I really want to try and do um, motion capture. All of that, you know, there are so many different routes that you could go down at the same time as just straight acting. So I've been doing that recently, stage combat. I really want to do firearms training, but I'm a bit of a klutz, so I don't know, I'm still considering that. Yeah, (laughs) I've heard of this great place called like Tactical Black. I don't know who it was. It was someone on the podcast definitely told me about it. And I've been watching their videos on Instagram and it's insane because they do the police like so slick as you're coming through a door and and they do all these kind of practice things. Mm. Oh, if you follow them on Instagram, it's it looks incredible. That sounds so good. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of advice, can you think of anything anyone has told you that stuck out? Definitely two pieces of advice have really helped me. One is to network and just to to continue to network because that's how I found quite a lot of people to work on faulty roots and for me to work on other projects is just by meeting people there's yeah. something so because you know you can get sent so many CVs and I when I was hiring like I didn't know how to judge someone from a CV like oh I don't know like it's great you've got a degree and I yeah. like your show but I liked everyone's CV so then to meet people you know who you're going to work with better so networking is such a good thing and it's amazing just to support other projects at short film festivals things like that and also the advice that acting is like 90% reacting and listening because before I could get into the habit of just waiting for my line like waiting just to hear the last word oh it's my turn but now I would sort of rather do a scene where I'm just sitting there listening to a person and saying nothing rather than a monologue because it is like it's it's so important just listening that's a big part of acting which you can often forget so it's crazy because some of the things when you go like go to drama school are literally just people picking out bad habits and one of the things we were taught like the first week was that actors are such bad listeners yes and she (laughs) She really drilled us on that for quite a while, actually. And it was true. (laughs) Because sometimes people wouldn't even wait or or kind of like properly, you know, react at all. I'm trying to think if anyone said anything to me that's really... Oh, yeah, no, actually, one guy... We had this thing in drama drama school where was playing Cassandra in Women of Troy. It's like this really difficult role where she has visions. So she's about to see that Troy is burning. So she's going to go and warn her mom. So she's trying to like tell her, her mother. And the the guy from the drama school went, I want you to do this through interpretive dance. And I really, okay. I can't dance. <laughs> <laughs> so we got this ballet teacher in that was teaching us how to do it. Because we were double cast, there was two of us. Yeah, and then I bumped into him, like, God, I would say eight months after drama school or something, at a show. And he was just like, you need to continue acting. You, um, yeah, you had such a lovely aura. He Amazing. he spoke so much. Uh, he speaks way better than me, so he he was very well spoken. Yeah, he was just so passionately into that I should keep going. That I was like, oh, 
and actually it made such a massive difference because at yeah. the time I was thinking oh why don't I you know temporarily try and get something or you know yeah but yeah it takes sometimes just one person yeah it really <laughs> does you know you don't know just one compliment or one push that's why it's so nice for casting I've had some amazing casting directors be like um in response we don't think you're right for this role but you are a great actress and that can mean so much you yeah. know that can really just change everything in in terms of your mental health in terms of keeping motivated it makes such a difference just yeah like you said that one person to say to keep you going really yeah I wonder how many people have had that the opposite way around where it's taken that last comment to just be like no this isn't for me this is yeah. too difficult or this is a final star or whatever mm-hmm. but you always hear stories about that in Hollywood like um I don't know, Robert Pattinson in the Twilight movies. It was his last audition before he gave up. Yeah, you do. And that, see, that's why I love, like, I'm sort of, like, thankful that other people have gone through that. So then I can read about it and, you yeah. know, their experience that they've shared that has helped me so much. Thinking, oh, my God, that amazing actor almost gave up, you know. And that's why it's so important, I think, especially for people in the industry to share their experiences. Because it can be quite isolating and you know just to know that others are going through that and can make a big difference is there anyone you kind of look up to in the industry acting wise you think that's where i would like to be in five ten years definitely lily james okay <laughs> I lo- like i i love her so much i met her once before and she was the sweetest person and I think she picks the most amazing roles. Some of my favourite films, she was so good in Baby Driver. Like, she's been Cinderella in Mamma Mia. And then I'm so looking forward to, um, she's starring in the new Rebecca film by okay. based on the novel by Daphne du Maurier. And I love that book. And I'm so excited for that film. I just think that she's such a genuinely nice person. And like, I saw her perform live she was Juliet in Romeo and Juliet and she she was amazing just the skill and you know the energy and yeah I just think she chooses roles really well yeah and so that is I just really look up to her yeah I love her too yeah, yeah she's the best <laughs> um one thing I've always been asking people on this podcast is what story they tell on Graham Norton's red chair um this is still to do with the industry like it was two years I think it was about two years ago and I was auditioning for this casting director and I'd made my CV I was I think I was at the point where I was like maybe in between agents or maybe I had an agent and I just felt the need to take my CV and I'd worked before like when I was 16 I think I'd worked firsthand as like extras and I'd worked on this TV show I was there for about honestly I was filming for probably about a minute and I put it on my CV and like I can't even remember what I called myself I didn't have a name yeah but I put (laughs) I put a name down oh my god I'm actually gonna get slated for this (laughs) I put a name down and then I didn't realize that I was auditioning for the casting director who had actually cast that show and he was like oh so you're in this show and I was like oh yeah yeah and he was like really because I cast it and you weren't (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, um, yeah, my bad. I shouldn't have done that. But he was so lovely about it because I was really, I think I was literally just turned 16. And I feel like in terms of the industry, I still was naive. Even now, like, you know, you're always learning what not to do. Exactly, yeah. So that was pretty awkward, but he was really lovely about it. 
and you know knew that it was just me like sitting on my computer being like oh let me add this to my cv <laughs> but yeah that didn't go down too well that's, that's honestly horrible yeah. <laughs> i've learned though it's it's a lesson well learned i have that with quite a lot of my skills I'm, i think i'd be terrified because i think that i put a lot of things that i'm rusty on that i mm, feel like if someone uh, yeah. gave me notice like maybe i could do a crash course and get back into yes. it very quickly i get that like with some accents if it's accents i only do it if it's perfect because they can just say oh do this accent but like maybe if it's like horse riding or something yeah i may put it on and then yeah <laughs> i may not be perfect but you know i feel like i can get a I do think- take a quick horse ride unless it's not like they're gonna ask you <laughs> i feel like i'm giving really bad advice people shouldn't listen only put stuff in your cv if yeah. if you're good at it don't listen to me no but you are you are at least doing horse riding classes yeah if, if i put it on and i'm like well, maybe if someone asks me in a week, I could do a crash yeah. course every single day and learn how to yeah. horse ride from scratch. <laughs> Where can people follow you if they want to keep up with Faulty Roots? So Faulty Roots has its own. It's on Twitter. It's at Faulty Roots. Instagram at Faulty Roots. <laughs> Facebook at Faulty Roots. Website www.faultyroots.com. So yeah, we got all those usernames, luckily. Okay. <laughs> and uh, my own is Popseller on Instagram. It's it's an interesting username. It was after my love of Pop Tarts. Oh. And yeah, I'm kind of regretting it now, but Ella and Ella Greenwood is taken, so <laughs> I'm stuck with it. But yeah. Hmm. <laughs> no, I want to ask really quickly about when do you think Faulty Roots will, people will be able to see it? So if it gets accepted to film festivals, then there. I mean, yeah. depending on where it is. You know, we're looking for submissions that are as early as March even and average May, I'd say. And after that, I do want to try and um, get it out there. So maybe Vimeo. I want to get it somewhere where people or Amazon Prime, something like that, where I can share it. So, yeah. Yeah. But you'll be posting updates anyway on yes, the Facebook on, and Instagram. Yes, on Faulty Roots on yeah. all platforms. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming Thank in today. Thank you. 